Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 15 of Revelation chapter 22. We're going to be reading verses 12 and 13. Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. In our last study, we uh, began to look at the word reward, and we saw that God told us in uh, the Gospel of Matthew that uh, we we should be glad, exceeding glad, if men were reviling and persecuting and saying all manner of evil against us falsely because um, that's what they had done to the prophets before us, to God's elect people that lived in past generations. Therefore, rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven it says in Matthew 5 verse 12 and of course it is a great reward it is eternal life in a new eternal habitation with all of the ills and and sins and curses of this world gone forever and uh and, and just rich, abundant blessings of God forevermore. Well, let's look at another verse in Matthew before we move on. In Matthew 16, and in verse 27, it says, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. And that's very similar to... Revelation 22:12 I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. And again, it's important for us to uh to realize that if God is judging people on the basis of works and just our works, then we're going to come under the wrath of God and be destroyed. There's no question about that because all of our righteousnesses, according to Isaiah, are as filthy rags. Everything we would do of our own would be tainted by sin. And, and therefore it, it is, uh, through Christ, through, uh, the work that Jesus did that cleanses the sinner and cleanses the work of sinners, those that have become saved, and makes their works acceptable in the eyes of God or that which is a good work. Otherwise, without being saved, everything is evil. And and everything is just an attempt to get right with God through works. And And so that's what God is evaluating as this person, someone whose sins were forgiven, and therefore created as a new creature, ordained to walk in the works that he had prepared for them to perform, very well. 
you are a child of God, enter into the joy of the Lord. And the other, well, you you may have handed out tracts and you may have given funds and you may have uh, read the Bible a lot and you may have done this or done that, but you lack one thing, you were never born again. And therefore your sins were never forgiven, they are upon you. No matter what kind of work that you have done uh, in, in your your professed Christian life, that is not acceptable to God. And and so Christ gives reward according as his work shall be. And the reward for good work is eternal life. The reward or the wage for evil work is death. The wages of sin is death. And and sin brings death and destruction. And the reward finally is to be annihilated for the unsaved person. It is to be destroyed forevermore with an everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. Okay, let's go on to the next verse, verse 13 of Revelation 22. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And God has um, made this statement a few times already in the book of Revelation, um, twice in Revelation chapter 1, and, and in other places in the book of Revelation. Therefore, since God keeps repeating it, it must be extremely important. And we do know that uh, he's even said it in the Old Testament, in Isaiah uh, chapter 44, in verse 6, Thus saith Jehovah the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, Jehovah of hosts, I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. And, and uh, this is adding some more statements in our verse. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. The Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet, and Omega is the last letter of the Greek alphabet, or Alpha is the beginning of the alphabet, Omega is the end of the alphabet, and it's the the language of the New Testament, and uh, it would be like someone uh, using the English alphabet saying, I am A, and uh, I am A, and I am Z, the, the first letter to the last letter, and it indicates Christ's preeminence, that he is first, and of course it's a testimony that he is God, because God is first, who is in the beginning, but God, as we read in John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So uh, Jesus is the word made flesh, 
And the word was with God in the beginning and the word was God. So the, the statement that I am, and even with that declaration, I am, it, it is a reference to the burning bush and uh, to um, the, the time when Moses approached and, and God um, showed him um, the, the fire in the bush. And, and at one point Moses asked, uh, they will, the children of Israel will ask me who sent you. What is his name? What shall I tell them? And God spoke from the burning bush and said, tell them, I am that I am the ever existent one. The almighty God is the great I am. And Jesus, of course, is uh, said many times in the New Testament that he was God through the declaration I am. Before Abraham was, he told the Jews, I am. And, and, and so here too, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning. And, and that means he was the word in the beginning with God and was God and the end. Look at Colossians 1. Colossians 1 verses 17 and 18. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Jesus is the beginning. He is the way, the truth, the life, the beginning, and the end. There is no other beginning but him. There is no other ending but the end that he will bring to the world. Uh, he he is, as it says in Revelation chapter 3, and in verse 14, And unto the angel of the church, of the Laodiceans write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, as Christ died from the point of the world's foundation for the sins of his people, and rose from the dead, the, the beginning of uh, the firstborn, the the son of God, uh, he he would be uh, the first of many brethren. We read, uh, let's see, in Romans chapter eight, it says in verse twenty nine, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Jesus is the beginning of the the sons of God. There will be many more, a great multitude. Perhaps God saved as many as 200 million in total. But Jesus is the first, the firstborn son, the first to rise from the dead. and And the rest will follow and have followed. And God has 
granted all the rest of the first resurrection of the soul, and now many out of that number of the the whole company of the elect, whose names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life, away for the completion of the resurrection, for their rising from the dead and and um, being brought into uh, a glorious uh, new heaven and new earth with a, a glorious new resurrected spiritual body. Well, we we can see how Jesus is the beginning in many different ways. He he's the beginning uh, uh, the word that was with God. He's the beginning of the family of God, the sons of God. He is the beginning of this whole creation because he spoke in, in the beginning and created all things. And and so very definitely, you know, when Jesus says that he is the beginning, the child of God nods his head in understanding, in agreement, and without any doubt, of course he is. Of course he is. We know that that he was the beginning here uh, at the foundation of the world. He was with God. He created the world itself. He is the beginning. No doubt. We're assured of it. We know it absolutely. But he also says along with that, he is the beginning and the end. The end. And it's in the same verse. It's, it's in the same statement. It's joined together with, um, with the word and. It's a conjunction linking the two. And so if there's um, certainty regarding Jesus as the beginning, there should be equal certainty regarding Jesus as the end. He is equally the end. He's equally the Omega, or he's equally the last, as well as the first. This is what God is indicating. Jesus is the end, the last. He will finish what he began. He will conclude the matter of salvation. The matter, uh, and that would be concluded with completing the salvation of his elect by resurrecting them and bringing them into the new heaven and new earth. He will conclude the matter of judgment with this world. It's not going to be left hanging. It's not going to be uh, some sort of perpetual um, continuation of earth just for the sake of, of allowing earth to continue. So people can have birthdays or they can have anniversaries or so they can enjoy uh, their pursuits and, and going after the sinful pleasures of life. God has a purpose. He has a timetable as well. He accomplishes things according to his will. He works them out according to his program of times and seasons. The Bible says to everything there is a season and there is a season for wrath a season for judgment and there is a time for the beginning 
and and the beginning has come. God fulfilled the beginning. There was a time to allow history to unfold and for generations to rise and generations to pass for people to be born and now there's a time for man to die. There's a time for the sinner to perish from off the face of the earth. There's a time that those that have rebelled against God and shaken their puny little fists against him in their sinful arrogance and pride. We don't need you, God. We don't want you, God. We want to do the things that we want to do. But just keep the sun shining and keep the the rain coming and the fruitful seasons. Yes, and give us all these other blessings that come along with this earth. But other than that, depart from us. We have no need for you. Uh, we're doing just fine on our own. And and so does time continue? Does day after day go on forever? Is this world going to exist forevermore? And the Bible's answer is clear. No. No, it will not. Love not the world, neither the things of the world, for the world passeth away. And the Apostle John saw the first heaven and the first earth pass away, and a new heaven and a new earth come into existence. God's people are told by God, the God that cannot lie, the God who is faithful and true, and all of his promises certain of what he will do, what his intention is, what his plans are for this earth and for that which is to come, the eternal earth, the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham long ago of a habitation that will be given to his seed, the elect, wherein they will dwell forevermore. And God will fulfill. Now, what's going to prevent God from fulfilling these things? Well, what has has um, permitted God to be long-suffering, patient, for thousands of years, has been only the carrying out of his gospel program to save his people, his elect. But that is completed. And then it was necessary for God to punish the unsaved people of the world and to pour out his wrath. Since May 21, 2011, that's what he's been doing. And that is also almost completed. And once it is, there is nothing at all, nothing at all to stop God from speaking a word and bringing to pass the end. The Lord Jesus Christ is the end. And he's also, the Bible tells us, the resurrection. When the end comes on the last day, and Jesus is the last, on the last day of earth's existence, God will bring um, to pass the resurrection. He will cause his people to rise up. Well, Christ is the resurrection and the life. He is the end also and the last. 
when that last day comes, it will be performed by Christ, just as all the things that started and began this world and universe and put into motion all the events of history past were done by Christ, so too will the conclusion be accomplished by him. He will finish the matter. He will end things related to this present creation that has seen corruption and been sin-cursed and be done with it. And, and he'll put it away and it'll never come into mind ever again. The, the former things will not be remembered according to the Bible. And, and then suddenly God's people, God's elect will find themselves in the presence of God, in the presence of this great God, this great I am, the Lord Jesus Christ. We will be there with him in a new bodily form, a spiritual body, with no more sin, a part of us, in a place that is a new creation, a new earth, and a new heaven, and we will appear there. We will be there with him. I don't know how God does these things. I don't know how I got into this world, do you? Do you know how it was that you had no existence and then suddenly uh, you're living and and you have thoughts and feelings and and you're a little kid running around the neighborhood and uh, and all of a sudden you are experiencing things how did that happen i don't know how that happened except god created us and formed us in our mother's womb and he made us who we are and we we find ourselves in this world well likewise god will end this world he will destroy this world and all those that he has saved will find themselves in that world and suddenly we'll be aware suddenly we'll perceive and understand and i don't know how we'll sense but we'll take in our surroundings and there will be god and there will be holiness and perfection and goodness and love and joy and light and peace forevermore and there will be no darkness there'll be no night there there'll be no more crying and tears and sorrow and pain no more sin and curse and death and evil no more enemies uh, to do battle with no more struggling within ourself between flesh and spirit no more anguish and tribulation and affliction and having a soul cast down as a result of these things but only god his word perfection and and we go on from there we go on from there eternally happy and blessed eternally joyful and who can imagine these things await and yet they do and our hope our hope that is not the world's hope but the hope of each child of god is that we will enter into that new heaven and new earth and god's elect have a good hope and expectation that maybe there's a strong likelihood 
but just maybe this will come to pass finally, finally on October 7th, 2015. The day that is 10,000 days from the beginning of judgment. In other words, it's the last day of 10,000. The day that is the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. The day that is the last day of harvest. Jesus said he is the first and he is the last. He is the resurrection. And the resurrection occurs on the last day. I will raise him up at the last day. Jesus said four times in John 6. And Martha said, I know that he will arise again at the resurrection at the last day. I am the resurrection and the life. And Jesus is the last. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.